Thank you, Marina, so much for leading us in worship this morning. Today's a little different day for us in a lot of ways. I want you to be praying for the choir all day as we're singing now. We're leaving at 2.30 to go to Anderson where we have a rehearsal uh, at 4 and then we'll be leading worship for the uh, Salute Baptist Association uh, meeting, their annual meeting tonight. So you pray for us. We're proud and pumped and ready to go. Looking forward to that time. But you know, this is a great day in a lot of ways. If you haven't seen, Ryan, would you put that picture up? That picture right there. Uh, Luke, Dale, and Dale and Shelley's newborn grandson. He's, I think, 8 pounds, 10 ounces, and 22 inches long. And look at that hat. If you've seen Shelly's post, I, I got a, a text from her with pictures, and she's tagged it with a song that we'll be singing in tonight with every breath that I make. Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. And he sure is. So he prayed for them and that family. Elizabeth's doing great, and little Mary's got a little brother, and we're just so thankful for them. We're thankful and pray now for the time when that little one right there will come to know the Son of God as his Lord and Savior. I want you to pray about that.
Amen. Amen. We're, we're going to sing, sing a couple of traditional hymns this morning to begin, and then we're going to sing a new hymn that you have sung before called His Mercy is More. Let's stand together as we join our voices together this morning.
This morning, morning uh, Pastor, Pastor Ken and, and Pat, Pat have the, had the opportunity to go to Arizona and see one of their uh, children and their family. So we're thankful for that. I saw a picture of them posted online in Sedona, Arizona. So we're thankful for that. And so again, the, the, in Pastor Ken's absence this morning, I'm excited that you get to hear someone that you haven't heard. From, from this pulpit, I don't believe. And we, we have, have the joy, Joey and I, of hearing, hearing from him every, every week. And, and it's an honor and a blessing because I don't know anyone more full of scripture and more passionate about it than Chris Landrum. He does a great job here at this church. He does things that you don't even know about. So would you just put your hands together and welcome my brother Chris as he comes Today. To speak here in front of you today, uh, it is terrifying uh, when, when Ken says that he is afraid every time that he comes up here. I'm telling you, that is a sign of humility. Because when you stand right here, you are supposed to be speaking the words of God. And you have to be very careful about what you say uh, because you don't want to distort or lie about who God is and what God has done. So I'm very thankful that I had this opportunity. I thank Pastor Ken and I thank Pastor Scott and Pastor Joey. They are such blessings to me you guys, you have no idea what a blessing it has been for me every Tuesday to get to meet with these men. It is, they uplift my soul. They are constantly pointing me to Jesus Christ, the author and the perfecter of my faith. And so I thank you, men. I will be eternally 
thankful for both of you and for Pastor Ken. Uh, and I—it's it's really hard for me to be here when my my best friend passed away almost a year ago. On October 9th, it will be one year that Pastor Dell has passed away and gone into the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ to not see through a glass darkly, but to see him as he truly is in all of his grandeur, in all of his splendor. And I am not worthy to stand behind the same pulpit that Pastor Dell stood behind. So, so I, I pray, pray that each and every one of you as I'm up here, that, that you would be a part of this and that, that you would pray for me. Please, uplift me in prayer. And if you wouldn't mind, please open your Bibles. And I want you to turn to 1 John, the epistle of 1 John, chapter 1. And we're going to be looking at verses 5 through seven. This is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Oh, Heavenly Father, you are light. And in you there is no darkness at all. And Heavenly Father, please give your light. Shine your light through me here today. You know that in and of myself, I can do nothing Oh, God, I pray that you would give me resurrection and power to proclaim the word of God so that people would be conformed into the image and likeness of your son, Jesus Christ. Every single one of us here, we have all fallen short of the glory of God. All of us, like sheep, we've gone astray. But Heavenly Father, we praise you that you have caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. And it's by his shed blood that we have the forgiveness of sins. And then all of our impurities are cleansed and purified. So Heavenly Father, I pray that you would be glorified and the light of your glory would shine brighter than the sun and that it would penetrate the heart, that it would penetrate the mind and that we would take every thought, every emotion, every action captive to the obedience of Christ. 
I pray, oh God, I pray that you would give light. And it's in the name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. Before God said, let there be light. Before the foundation of the heavens and the earth. Before he created the galaxies and the stars. And, and he, he called, called them by, by name before time, matter, and space. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit existed from eternity past and had perfect fellowship with one another. And it was God's plan to create a world where human beings created in the image and likeness of God, that we would have fellowship with the Father and with the Son and with the Holy Spirit, and that the Lord would be, that the world would be like a theater that displays the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. But, but in, in the Garden of Eden, in, in paradise, the serpent, who is the devil, he tempted man to disobey. And Adam, he ate of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and he disobeyed God. And so with that disobedience, and with that first sin, man fell. And the whole world fell with him. But even in the beginning, God planned to save his people. In Genesis 3.15, he promised that the seed of the woman would come. And that he would bruise his heel. But that he would crush the head of the serpent. And that, and that is what, what Jesus Christ has, has done. done. He came and, and lived the perfect life that we, we have not lived. He was perfect without blemish, without stain. He perfectly kept the law of God. And he became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And he did so for us. He did so, so that we could be delivered from the darkness. So that we would have a bridge that leads from the darkness to the light. And that bridge is the cross of Christ. Where he spilt his precious blood to atone for our sins. He paid the debt that we could not pay. So that we could have fellowship with God. So that we could be brought back into a relationship with Him. So that we could know God intimately. And this is eternal life. That they may know God. That we may know God. And His Son, Jesus Christ. I want you to look at verse 5. The Apostle John announces to us 
the, the message he heard directly from Jesus Christ, that, that God is light, and, and in, in him there is no darkness at all. God is holy. God is righteous. God is just. God is good. God is truth. God alone possesses immortality, and he dwells in unapproachable light. And in him there is no sin. There is no error. There is no death. There is no darkness. And because God is loving and merciful, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, who is the word of life and the light of the world, to shine the light of eternal life into the darkness of this fallen world that is consumed with sin and sickness and sadness and death. And the darkness comprehended it not. This is the judgment John tells us in his gospel, that the light has come into the world, and men love the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But he who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. That is why John writes here in verse 6, if we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. If we say that we dwell in the radiant light of his holiness and righteousness, if we say that his word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, if we say that the light of his everlasting love has shone into the dark tombs of our unbelieving hearts and transferred us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his marvelous light, where we possess eternal life in Christ Jesus by grace through faith. If we say that we have fellowship with God, and yet we love the darkness rather than the light, and we hide the deeds that we do in the darkness because they're evil, and we're afraid that they'll be exposed by the light. If we love our sin more than we love Jesus Christ in the walk of our lives, then we're in the darkness and walk in the darkness and cannot see where we're going because the darkness has blinded our eyes and we lie and do not practice the truth. I walked down the aisle and asked Jesus into my heart when I was nine years old 
at, at Camp, Camp McCall. McCall. In, in the, the chapel, the light was dim, dim and the music was soft, and the speaker was preaching on the horrors of hell. And I was terrified. I didn't want to burn forever. I didn't, I didn't want, want to be separated, separated from, from my family and, and from, from my friends. So I walked forward and I prayed a sinner's prayer. But I never really loved Jesus. I never really had faith in him. I just made a profession of faith. I never had possession of faith. I knew that I was a sinner. But I never knew how serious my sin was. And I thought that I could sin all I wanted just so long as when I went to bed at night I prayed to God and asked Him for forgiveness. Because I thought I had a get-out-of-hell-free card. Ever since I was a little boy, I've always been drawn to the darkness. I started, I started watching pornography and graphic horror movies when I was three or four. I would sneak into the living room when my parents went to sleep and I would flip on the television because I wanted to know the things that adults did behind closed doors. I've had severe depression for as long as I can remember. And the worst memory of my childhood was when my parents got divorced. And we sold our, we were building a new house. And we sold our house to put it up you know, for collateral for the, for the new house. And when my parents got divorced, my, my dad began, began a, a downward spiral. Into, into the darkness. darkness. And, and so, so I lived with, with my mother, and my mother couldn't afford the payments. And, and so we lost our house. We lost our new house. And I still remember we moved in with my grandmother down the street, and I would ride my bike in front of my new house. It was supposed to be my new house. And I would look at the window. And there, and there was, was another, another little boy who was living in there, who was sleeping in my room, who was living in my house with his mother and with his father. And my mother got remarried, and she married a Jehovah's Witness. And it was a living nightmare. And he hated me. And, and he, he wanted, wanted me gone. And so I went to live with my father in Spartanburg. My dad ripped off video poker machines for a living. He created a handheld clicking device that would send an electrical charge into the machine so that every time he went to one of the establishments, he would hit the jackpot. The only, the only problem, problem is, is that, that my dad was an alcoholic and a drug addict and a compulsive gambler. So he never kept any of the money. It always went away. 
And, and when, when I, I went, went and lived, lived with, with my, my dad, dad, he let, let me do whatever I wanted. I went, I went from, from living in my mom's house that was sheltered and had strict rules to living in a home where I had no rules. And, and I, I could indulge in whatever sinful pleasures my wicked heart desired. I started getting drunk, smoking marijuana every day and popping painkillers. And I became a drug addict when I was 12 years old. We had parties at my house every night. And I even started practicing witchcraft. And, and ceremonial, ceremonial magic. And, and yet, through, through all of this, I still professed to be a Christian. And in no, no matter what form of excess, nothing seemed to satisfy the infinite abyss within. So, I got addicted to crack cocaine when I was 15 years old. And eventually, and eventually my, my dad, dad and, and everyone who lived in our house got addicted, addicted as well. And my dad became a pretty, pretty big drug dealer by this time. So we would all just sit around and smoke crack together all day long. My dad, my dad and I smoked crack together. And we, and we had, had a house, house full of people. people. Every, Every day, day that when, when the drugs were gone, they, they would crawl all over the floors, ripping couches and cushions apart, searching for any substance that might have dropped, smoking potato chip crumbs because they looked like crack. I rarely ever got to sleep in my own bed because there was always somebody else passed out in it. I went to rehab, but 30 days after I got out, I was hooked on crack again, even worse than before. And my dad got busted for selling a large quantity of marijuana to a narcotics agent, and he broke probation. So we were constantly running from the police and moving to avoid his arrest. The drugs. The drugs were like a legion of demons that possessed and controlled me. And the self-destruction got to the point where I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror anymore. I had become a monster. And I hated myself, and I wanted to die. Then, by the grace of God, something happened that probably saved my life. When I was 16, my dad and I got into a big argument, and we didn't see or talk to each other again for many years after that. And so I moved out. And when I did, I got my first Windows computer with a modem, and I dialed into America Online. See how dated that is, huh? So instead of doing drugs, I poured myself into reading thick programming books 
in learning how computers and the internet work. But even though I stopped smoking crack and doing drugs, I still was enslaved to my sin. I needed to have a true encounter with Jesus Christ. Thirteen years later, my wife Jessica, she had been born again a few months before me. And she knew that I wasn't a Christian. So she would send me these sermons over the internet trying to evangelize me. It infuriated me. Then the nerve, nerve of her, her to, to insinuate that, that I wasn't a Christian. I'd been, been a Christian for 20 years. How, How dare you? But then, then on May 28th, 2009, at around, around 1 o'clock in the morning, I began, I began listening to a sermon by a preacher named Paul Washer called Examine Yourself. And he, and he was, was preaching from... First John, this is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. The Lord used the preaching of his word and the power of the Holy Spirit to remove the scales of darkness and the veil of delusion from my eyes. The God I worshipped from childhood was not the God of the Bible, but a golden calf, an idol I formed in my own image, a God whose greatest desire was to satisfy and then justify every sinful inclination of my heart. At that moment, I came to know the weight of my sin and the severity of my guilt before an infinitely holy and righteous God. The burden was unbearable. I was on my way to hell, and I deserved it. And there was nothing I could say or do to earn God's forgiveness and favor, because I was guilty and spiritually dead, and all of my good deeds were as filthy rags before God. But as, but as I, I dwelt, dwelt in the, the deepest, darkest dungeon of despair, enslaved to sin and held captive by the devil to do his will, God flipped my switch and I was consumed by the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, transformed, born again, and became a new creation in Jesus Christ. God, being rich in mercy, changed my heart of stone 
to a heart of flesh, granted me true repentance and saving faith. By grace, I have been saved and revealed to me the irresistible beauty and greatness of the Lord, so that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness toward me in Christ Jesus. It's like from my favorite hymn, And Can It Be That I Should Gain by Charles Wesley. Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night. Thine eye diffused a quickening ray. I woke, the dungeon flamed with light. My chains fell off, my heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? So after, after, after I, I finished, finished listening, listening to the Exam Yourself Sermon, I went into the other room and I told my wife, I think I just got saved. And I've never been the same since. I have been crucified with Christ. And it is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Over the years, God has been able to use what Jesus said in Matthew 7, 9. Or what man is there of you? Whom, if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Even though my earthly father gave me a stone when I needed bread, my heavenly father, he gave me the living bread, the bread of life, so that I would never hunger. And I would never thirst for righteousness again. Not a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. For if we have broken one point of God's law, we're guilty of breaking it all. And which one of us can say that we never told a lie? Thou shalt not lie. And if we break even one of his commandments, we've broken them all. And we're, and we're guilty, guilty before, before God. And, and we need Jesus' righteousness. We need more than just forgiveness. You see, he, God the Father, made him, God the Son, to be sin who knew no sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You see, on the cross, the precious, blemishless, Lamb, Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, he is on the cross, and we touch him. We touch him with our filthy hands, and our sin 
and our iniquities and our transgressions and our shame is transferred to his account. And then he is punished in our place. He took the punishment that was due to us with every sin that we've committed in the body. We've been, been filling, filling up a cup, cup of wrath and judgment. I'm, I'm telling, telling you that, that on the cross, Jesus drank your cup of wrath. And when, and when he, he turned, turned it over, not a single drop spilled out. And Jesus was crushed on the cross and he bore the wrath. And then, and then he, he was, was raised from the dead on the third day, proving that his sacrifice was accepted by the Father. And he did so for our justification. He was a propitiation, which means he was an atoning sacrifice. He atoned for our sins. He paid for our sins. He appeased the wrath of God. But also... Throughout his life, he had earned righteousness by becoming obedient even to the, you know, even to the point of death, death on a cross, so that when he was raised from the dead, he could take his clean hands and he could put them on us. All of his goodness, all of his mercies, all of his righteousness are credited to our account. As, as though, though we had lived the perfect life that Jesus lived. It is the greatest news that has ever been proclaimed in the history of mankind. That God is light. And that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief of all. So I hope and I pray that if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, if you are like me, if you are living a lie, if you are living in the darkness and you do not want your deeds to be exposed to the light, I'm telling you, that God, in His grace and in His mercy, He reaches out His hand to you today. And He says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Repent and then trust in Jesus Christ. Trust in him alone. Do not trust in your dead works. Trust in the works of Christ. Trust in what Christ did on the cross. Trust in Christ being raised from the dead, ascending to the right hand of the majesty on high where he is seated 
after making a once-for-all sacrifice for sins. And he will sit there until every single one of his enemies are made a footstool for his feet. The devil has been crushed under the heel of Jesus Christ. Sin has been crushed under the heel of Jesus Christ. And in one day, one day soon, even death itself, which is the final enemy, it will be crushed under the feet of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. I am an ambassador for Christ. As though God were making an appeal through me, I beg you. I beg you. On behalf, on behalf of Christ, be ye reconciled to God. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, it is with utter humility that I offer my prayers to you. Knowing that it's only by your grace and by the shed blood of Jesus Christ that we can go boldly before the throne of God and that you welcome us as your children, that you love us, that you love us enough to send your own Son, that you demonstrated your own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ Jesus died for us. Heavenly Father, I know that even at this moment, we are seated in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I pray, O oh God, that you would give us light. Oh, Heavenly Father, let this church be a city set upon a hill. Let us shine the light of your glory. Let us reflect your holiness. Let us reflect your goodness and righteousness. Let us reflect your love and mercy. Let us love even our worst enemy. Let us love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength and love our neighbor as ourselves. And even more than that, oh God, let us love our neighbor as Christ has loved us. And we know, oh God, that the only way that that is possible is by your grace that you have given us the Holy Spirit who indwells us. And I thank you, O Heavenly Father. I thank you for this church. I thank you for this moment. I thank you for seeing me through it. Because you know there's no way I could have done this in my own strength. I couldn't even utter a single word 
without shuddering in fear without you. I pray, oh God, that you would be glorified. And it's in the name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand and sing. Chris, I'm going to ask you and Joey both to come to the front. And I don't know, maybe today, you just need to come and talk to someone. If not, this altar is here. It doesn't belong to me. It does not belong to this church. This altar belongs to a holy God who's giving you a message today and is waiting for your response. Let's sing together.
God today. We've heard it preached. We've heard it testified to. And I pray that it will not get away from us today. I pray that if we go, as we go from this place, that those words will not allow us to rest until every one of us is right with the Lord. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. As you leave today, you'll be um, able to uh, give the big guys in the uh, vestibule there that have offering plates. There'll be the black boxes over by the portico if you're more comfortable in giving in that manner. Let me remind you of our Wednesday night activities. Let me remind you that if you sign up for supper, please let us know if you're not going to be here. We have had some no-shows the last couple of weeks. That is provided as a service uh, to make it easier for folks to come. So sign up if you uh, plan to come. Let us know if something happens that uh, you, you cannot, cannot make it. We would appreciate that very much. I would like to tell you that we had 30 men who gathered last week um, for our men's gathering and divided into groups. And they're meeting during the course of this month. And in a month, we'll meet again together and talk about Scripture that we've talked about in groups during this week, uh, during this month. And so if you want to be a part of that, you can still be a part of that. You can be a part of that just by seeing me or Joey Chris, and we'll make sure you get to be part of a group, and we would love to have you for the fellowship. Is there anything else? Anybody? Trunk or treat? Come talk about it, Kim. Um, Sunday, October 30th, from 5 to 7, we want to fill the back parking lot with trunks. And invite, and invite the community, community to come out and be a part, part of our annual Trunk or Treat event. This is a great time for our church to reach out to our community, to reach out to our home, and fellowship with one another. There'll be supper. There'll be trunk candy. If you want to donate candy, every time you go to the store, just pick up a bag. And then there's a box out there in the vestibule. We would appreciate that because we will need lots of candy. We've had over 500 people last year attend this event. Um, I, expect I expect more, more this, this year because, because last year we were still kind of recovering from COVID and all the things that that brought. So, so we, we expect more this year. Please come be a part of it. If you don't want to do a trunk, there's so many other ways to volunteer. Donna sent out an email uh, with a form. You just go click on it, fill it out, um, and let us know how you want to help and how you want to volunteer. But we need everybody to be a part of this great event. Don't miss it. We have people call. Every, Every year, say, so when, when is when when your trunk or treat? We're, we're famous for trunk or treat. So, so let's, let's, let's let Joey, Joey come and tell us about Upward and tell us about youth and whatever else you want to. Last Saturday, we had over 300 people show up on, uh, across the street on Saturday. Um, I, I, I talked to people that don't even go to our church, so what was going on on Papa Springs Saturday? Um, Doug, Doug put out, out enough signs so for them to know that, that. But God, God is really blessing the ministry of Upward Soccer. Uh, the gospel was shared. Uh, if you don't know this, the gospel is shared every time we get together. Our coaches are sharing the gospel, the gospel of grace to these kids. And, and so keep praying. If you can't come, please pray. But when we come out, it's very entertaining. 
Uh, I'll be I'll honest with you, you still pray, pray for Brad. Brad. Uh, there he <laughs> is. Y'all need, need to pray, to pray for, Brad. for Brad. Okay. Pray, pray for his team. They're, They're great, great kids. kids. Okay. No, no we're, we're having, having a great, great time, time with Brad. Brad. We're having a great, great time together. together. And uh, we, we had, had a great, great time this past Saturday. Last week, last Sunday, the youth met. We had a good group. I didn't, I didn't count, count but, but someone, someone said, said, I don't know, a lot, okay? okay. We, had we had a lot, lot to show up, and we're looking forward to seeing what God has in store. store. And um, PS 101 is this Wednesday night, and, and so, so I'm having, having a hard, hard time speaking, speaking because um, the message that Chris brought today is very heavy. heavy. Let's give him a God, God is going to use that, that message, I know, I know because, because many of you wanted to respond, and I'm not sure why you did not, but um, I, hope I hope you do, because I feel your heaviness right now for some reason, and uh, I don't like it, I'll just be honest with you, and I know you don't either, so please be obedient to whatever spirit of God is leading you. Brad, next week, if you want to come down here, I'll let you have equal time. He's been up two weeks in a row talking, taking your name in vain, so I'll be glad for you to come down. <laughs> that is true. So thank you so much. Please pray for the choir today as, as we'll be on our way, and we have rehearsals usually at 5 o'clock. We had some, some folks, folks to join us for the first time last week. And it's, it's not too late. late. And, and don't, don't ever think, think that there's something that you can't do at anything that's happening. For instance, Kim talked about if you don't want to do a trunk, you can do something else. And it'd be good if you just show up and talk to people. Just talk to them. Let them know about uh, what's going on here. When is the next Upward Games? Since it's stormed up, we haven't. We don't know. Okay. We missed, missed yesterday. Right. That's why I couldn't announce yesterday, but it's, uh, Doug hasn't announced it. Okay. We'll, uh, we'll make, we'll make uh, games up during the week sometime, but we'll be on regular schedule next Saturday. Come on over and have fun. Let, let, us, let us know when you're going to make, make one up, too. too. We would like, like to publicize it. it. Let's, let's pray, pray together, together as we leave. leave. Martin, Martin Brown. Brown. Would, Would you, you come, come here, here and pray, pray for, for us as we believe? Dear God, it's so, so good, good to be in your house with fellow brothers and sisters. Lord, we thank you so much for Chris. We thank you for his witness. We pray for your guidance as we leave this place, Lord, that you would work through us and help, help us, Lord, to be obedient and faithful to what you have called each of us to do as we serve you and as we seek you. We pray that you will take us home safely and bring us back to this place with a joyful heart, always. In your name we pray. Amen.